Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3. On the FM dial is Trent Condon, Ken Miller, and we're with you for the next couple of hours and appreciate you spending some of your morning here with Trent and I. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. At the bottom of the hour, we'll talk to uh, uh, Dave Sprow uh, from KASI up in Ames. He called the Little Cyclones game yesterday. Yesterday afternoon, they advance, but we'll do that. I'm sure we'll sprinkle in some high school basketball. Uh, but to get his take on the uh, curtain coming down on Iowa State's basketball season, as it did yesterday in Kansas City, as they fell to Oklahoma, um, about 10:30 at night, the an era might have ended. Anyways, we'll get into that with Dave Sproul coming up at 10:30. When Drake lost their football season, we promised that if they do get back on the field, that we would give this team some love. Uh, Todd Stepsis is the head coach of the Drake Bulldogs, and their home season starts this weekend. And we're going to live up to our commitment. Uh, we're going to talk a little Drake football. Uh, at uh, 10 minutes before the hour of uh, 11 o'clock, felt bad for them at the time, as we did for everybody that wasn't going to play. Uh, and so we will uh, see Drake on the field uh, this, starting this weekend. I think they got, what, three home games, Trent? Is that what I saw? Is that what I heard? Three? Is it? I think so. Uh, MC22, by the way, is going to broadcast them all. So mm-hmm. if you're jonesing for some football uh, and you're a subscriber of Mediacom, all the Drake home games will be shown on MC22. Todd Steps, as head coach, just before 11. Then Tom Cakert on Iowa. is uh, uh, Tom will be making his way down to Indianapolis. Boy, I hope the Iowa media gets there in time for practice today. Don't you? For one reason and one reason only. Are they going to be allowed in practice? Well, they normally are at these, tur- at these events. I mean, they, the, the university, well, it's a COVID year, Kenneth. It is. Good question, Trent. <laughs> Good question. Um I'm almost cussed. <laughs> uh, now it doesn't matter as much. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. You know, I thought we might get a little intel on Wieskamp, which is why I hope that they would. Yeah, it's a good question. Are they going to be allowed in? They're going to try to limit the number of people that are there. Yeah. It's a huge building, but dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Darn it. Yeah. Well, anyways, if they're allowed in, we'll <laughs> right. uh, we'll certainly see from Twitter uh, the Iowa media that is making their way down to Indianapolis if indeed Joe Wieskamp is on the floor during practice. I'm sure it'll float out if he <laughs> is, uh, but they will uh, obviously um, be an unbiased eyes to their opinion if they are there. And then maybe for the final time, probably right, we're at that point of the season. We start saying goodbye to some of our guests. Uh, Kevin Lehman, likely for the final time. Washer Systems of Iowa sponsored Kevin's uh, appearances all season long as we talk about the big four in state with uh, Kevin Lehman. Two of them, their seasons are over. Drake is going to play somewhere, and they'll get told... Uh, on Sunday, whether they're going NIT bound or whether they're going to the big dance. Uh, so we'll do that with Kevin Lehman before we get out of here at noon. Big news from this morning within the last, oh, half hour or so. Duke has a positive. Uh, Duke had been playing their best basketball seemingly. Uh, well, I can't go back, uh, that far. Saturday after got blown out by North Carolina after all, but they were two for two in the ACC tournament. That was a good win over Louisville yesterday, but now their ACC tournament has ended. 
Um, I would anticipate that their season probably has ended. That's you hate to see this, Trent, but that's good news for Drake potentially. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, just uh, shrink that bubble a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Probably good news too for Louisville. You know, there was Maybe, conversation yeah. last night, and you look a little deeper at that resume. It's not good. They have one quadrant one victory. Mm. That's the same amount as Drake. They have one also, (laughs) the victory against Loyola, Loyola, and Louisville had a whole lot more opportunities, not a whole lot of depth and breadth to that resume for Louisville. So everybody that's on the bubble smiles a little bit more. We got bubble games today, and how about this number? Today, this is what we have in college basketball. Is today the best day? No, tomorrow. Gotcha. Because tomorrow you get... All the top teams. Right. Participate. Unless they're upset, of course, Mm -hmm. in the quarterfinals for the ones that end on Saturday. But 56 elimination games taking place over 17 different Mm. conference Mm -hmm. tournaments. Mm -hmm. That is salty. Uh, And uh, begin as soon as 25 minutes from right now. Yeah. That one in The match's underway. Is it? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm all eyes. In fact, I've got the TV already set. Oklahoma State, West Virginia. That's Cunningham good. and likely are both going to play. At least uh, that, that's the word. Um, so we'll see. Anyways, uh, it is a very busy day. Let's go back to last night with Iowa State. Trent, they covered. They <laughs> Again, did, against Oklahoma. Again, that's a good matchup for them, yeah. isn't it? Um, you know, every time Drake, as, as it was last uh, when, when they were at Hilton, a couple, three weeks ago, whatever it was, when Oklahoma... Uh, when Iowa State would make the run, seemingly Reeves had an answer. And then again mm-hmm. last night, when when Iowa State was making the run, Reeves had an answer. Um, but give them credit. Give the Cyclones credit. Now we wait. I don't anticipate we're going to hear anything today. I just don't think so. I know there's folks out there that believe that um, Jamie Pollard is going to uh, let Cyclone Nation know what he plans on doing uh, regarding his basketball coach. But is it a bad look to interrupt He's on the selection committee for right. crying out loud. Um, I would like to know if there, if in the history of the selection committee, maybe it has. Did did uh, a member of that committee step away for a moment to, you know, to to dismiss a head coach? I can't I, think. I, of see, I don't think so either. Right. I just think that, and it feels like that would probably jump into one of our minds. Yeah. That that because ha- we probably would have criticized right. Him. Right. What are you doing? You're you're you took this job. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Right. He's not focused. He's right. focused. If you don't want to be a part of the selection committee, bow out. Dot dot dot. I don't think we're gonna know anything until until Monday, and I'm sticking by that. So, so this we'll is what Prome said after the game last night. Quote: I'll meet with Jamie next week. We'll sit down and talk. Jamie and I have had conversations. We talk all the time, but Jamie's obviously got a lot going on with mm-hmm. the selection committee and different things like that to where. Where we'll meet next week. Uh, look, I think that it's inevitable that there's going to be a new coach at Iowa State. Uh, this isn't uh, newsworthy by any means. I think most people believe that. I mean, you can't go two and twenty-two. Mm-hmm. You, you just can't. You can't go winless in your conference um, and, and, and survive. It's a five million dollar buyout. I know he's a nice guy. I'm guessing most of you are nice people. But if you were fired from your job and you had a five million dollar soft landing, it's certainly not going to hurt. Right, he's going to make five million dollars not to coach Iowa State. Steve Prome, Mrs. Prome, family Prome is going to be just fine. Uh, it's time for a change. Now, what's the roster going to look like? That is going to be a huge talking point. One particular from that, Coleman Lands went through the senior day ceremonies in the last home game for Iowa State. Mm-hmm. He was asked after the game 
you know, if he's going to take advantage of that freebie and come back. He doesn't know yet. So, and wasn't that question asked like a month and a half, two months ago? Uh-huh. And in, at the time, he didn't want to become the first collegiate player That's to right. play seven years. And it seemed like he was, maybe he's having second thoughts. Look, he finished his season well. We know he's a volume shooter. Mm-hmm. He made a lot of those shots. By the way, he knew his career ended. Solomon Young, what a, yeah. what a, you know what? This is an underrated cyclone for what he's been through, don't you think? I mean, he comes in here, you think he's going to have a phenomenal career, his impact early on on that team. He got hurt. I thought his first, the, the first half of last night's basketball game was as good as we've seen Solomon Young all year long. He was active on the, on the boards, uh, just killed him. Offensive rebounds one after another. I mean, he's surrounded with two or three Sooners and it's him at six foot eight going up and getting that rebound time after time. I thought Solomon Young played well, but Coleman Lance, I guess he's having second thoughts Trent is it second thoughts with Iowa State though so what are you saying that he might move somewhere else play for the fourth school right why not started his career back in the 2015-16 season his freshman campaign with Illinois they were terrible Mm -hmm. the next year they were in the NIT he transfers to DePaul sits out a year Mm -hmm. plays there a couple of years they were terrible because it's DePaul and they're seemingly always terrible yeah then he goes to Iowa State and they were worse than terrible. I wonder if it's a Coleman Lands problem. <laughs> Could be. He's a chucker. <laughs> Hasn't won a whole lot of games. If you're going to come back, don't you want to go to a winning situation, Absolutely. though? Absolutely. Don't you want to go, I want to play in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to come back for a seventh right. year of college basketball, that guy's got to be on his way to certainly a master's degree and maybe a doctorate. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's trending in the right direction mm-hmm. on that one. Get another free year of school wherever Take it may be. Take advantage of it. Yes, if Take you want to. Take advantage of it. Now, he's also a guy... Can he go somewhere and make some money playing hoops if he wants to? I don't know, Trent. I just there's, there's a lot of guys like him, I think. There are. But are there guys that are willing to go over and not make the big money that we hear about over mm-hmm. the pond, but make some money over there, but still have the experience to do it? Well, if you've been in college for six years, it's not like he's been living high this whole time. Right. He's not going to go over there and make $200,000 a year, but hey, here's your living expenses and sixty grand. Maybe makes more sense there's than the some, seventh There's year. some bad spots at some of those lower tiers over yeah, there. That's that, true, too. Um, You've heard some of those horror oh, stories. Oh, Dyer used to tell them all the time. Boy, he was into, into the college. He had so many ties. Anyways, um, so we'll see. Uh, he's got. He's, he hasn't made up his mind. I anticipate we'll hear from him as well. And I don't think we're going to hear from Pollard. I think the writing's on the wall. Steve Prohm is a smart guy. Steve Prohm knows that uh, he's going to, in all likelihood, uh, be shown the door. And then Iowa State starts anew. Uh, it's a $5 million buyout this year. Next year it falls to, th- I think, 3.5 is putting it off a year. And you're going to save $1.5 million. Mm-hmm. It just seems like you're postponing the inevitable. Felt like the, you'd be going down the same path with... Um, uh, with what Paul Rhodes at the end of his, I thought it, uh, it was a year uh, after it should have happened. But you don't get Matt Campbell uh, <laughs> if you would have uh, fired him the year that uh, year prior to uh, when he was shown the door. So we'll see. Uh, but uh, give Iowa State credit. They Trent, they were. It's not like ten minutes left in the game. What was it? Twelve minutes left in the basketball game. They're they down, went 19. down nineteen. Right? Yeah, yeah. fifty-one thirty-two. Right. And I thought. This team is going to roll over. Mm-hmm. I did too. I thought this thing's get. Uh-huh. I thought there was a better chance it turns into thirty than they get it back yes, to single I did digits. Too. And what do they do? Mm-hmm. They turn it into single digits. Yeah. Over the last ten Got minutes, to what of, four? No, seventy-five, seventy-one. I think something like that. The last it was late though. Ten minutes of the game, mm-hmm. they scored thirty-seven points. It's crazy. 
That's yeah. Where was that production? That has to be the best offensive oh, stretch of the season, without a doubt. When you're talking about over a ten yep. minute stretch, just put thirty seven up. Yep. It's a hell of a pace. No, and it's it's not like um, Oklahoma was able to empty the bench. No, no. I mean, they kept talking all night long. As uh, you know, while um, Frischilla didn't the play by play guy was wondering, you know, when are they going to be able to get the? They got a game tomorrow. They're going to mm-hmm. you know play some of their rest some of their guys. They didn't have a chance because Iowa State wouldn't give them that opportunity. They kept fighting right till the end. Uh, Jackson hitting some big threes. Harris. Um, Bolton played his best basketball in that final 10 minutes. He struggled a little bit early in the first half. You know, had they won last night, Trent, I just wonder, would he have been able to answer the bell today, Bolton? Hmm. I mean, we don't know. Uh, I think so. I think they they would have got him. Yes. Yeah. I think. Would he have been hurting? Probably. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. Is there you know more going on here? This was not just, it looked like there's a lot more going on than just a turn ankle. You wonder, is this going to be an off-season cleanup surgery, you know, mm-hmm. something like that that happens. But yeah, I think he would have been able to go. There were Now, overall, Iowa State didn't turn the ball over, which has been a huge problem for yeah. them. But there were a couple of plays in the first half. Some of the, just the most egregious, awful passes. And yeah, I know. <laughs> that's what happens when you don't have a point guard on the roster. Yeah, that's this, true. Steve Only shot Trump, five free throws, which means they're settling for threes a whole yeah, bunch. And you saw a ton of that. Mm-hmm. But this is what happens. And when they couldn't lose. make them in the first half either. I mean, had they been had they had a decent shooting night, we might have had a different result. You say that about a lot of games, though, right? When you lose Tyrese Halliburton before yeah. you anticipated, though, when he was recruited, he was looked at as a four year player. Yeah. You don't anticipate that guy is going to be two and done. Mm-hmm. And for them, mm-hmm. one and a quarter and done. look what he's doing at the NBA level. Right. You don't anticipate that. That's not what happens with guys that are fringe top 100 players. Mm-hmm. He was a nice prospect. Mm-hmm. He was not a two and... For all intents and purposes, that... More, I think, than Taylor Horton Tucker, that sunk the ship. That is Steve Pro. Well, it sunk the ship last year when, when he went out. Yeah. When, when he had the wrist injury. Um, d- different basketball team. Yeah, Travis Hines wrote a really good piece kind of chronicling where it started to go wrong a little bit. I guess uh, as we think back to the Lard uh, and the Wigington and the Horton Tucker, um, you know, there there seemed to be some, um, I don't want to say maybe fights is in the right word, but this wasn't the most... Uh, best best teammates, perhaps. And, and you know what? If you're around these guys all the time, it happens in sports, right? You're going to be yeah. pissed off at one of your teammates. But apparently this was uh, um, happened maybe more than um, more than we know. I don't know. We weren't there. Uh, but we do know Iowa State season comes to an end. Uh, Scott Van Pelt starts the Sports Center last night by uh, making sure that Iowa State fans know that, you know what, you, you're, you'll be back. Mm-hmm. And I think they will. I just don't know how long it's going to be before they are back. I mean, 2-22 and 22 and winless in the conference and you look at this roster and we don't know what it's going to look like uh, when they do take the floor uh, come fall but man oh man I don't care who comes in to, uh, if you don't upgrade the roster significantly it's going to take a while Trent it's, it's not it's not going to be a quick fix let's put it that way and we're not talking about a blue blood here I, we got to slow down a little bit on these heights of Iowa State basketball haven't played in Elite Eight since the 19, what would that be? 2000? 99-2000 season. Yeah. Eustachie, Pfizer. They won a regular season crown with that group. Yeah. But even the heights that have been enjoyed, a lot of them were on the backs of a weekend run at the Big 12 mm-hmm. tournament. Mm-hmm. You look at Prohm's best team. Mm-hmm. You got to a sweet 16. Yep. But that's as far as it went. For you did it. You picked them off. A 12 and a 13 seat mm-hmm. to get there. 
We're not talking about Louisville. That's just wait, waiting for the right coach to get there. Michigan, Indiana. No, but they're in. Uh, I would. Where would you put them? I mean, Kansas is Kansas, right? Mm-hmm. But they're an upper echelon Big Twelve team when you've got the right guys in there. Uh, look, it was that's not too many years ago they were looked at as a basketball school. All right, what's a better program? What's a better job? Maybe more importantly, in the Big Twelve. In the Big Twelve, after Kansas, okay. Iowa State or Texas. Texas has more resources. Texas. Iowa State or Oklahoma? Uh, Closer than you think. Oklahoma's a football program first and foremost. They've had some success in basketball. I'm not minimizing that. Closer than you think. I think it's Oklahoma. And I think the recruiting advantages that you have down there. Closer to Texas. A lot more D1 basketball players there. Mm -hmm. I would give it there. Oklahoma State. Iowa State. You think so? I do. Oklahoma State's had a lot higher highs than Iowa State has. Certainly recent history. I'll take Iowa State. What? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, maybe this conversation is not going the same direction I thought. Texas Tech. Well, they got the right guy. They do, yeah. And he's getting getting one guy after another. They're Matt Campbell. (laughs) What do I put it? Mm -hmm. Um, Because that job was garbage. Right. And and in the state of Texas, to be known as a basketball destination. Mm -hmm. And that's what Texas Tech is right now. West Virginia. Hmm. See, they don't fit in the Big 12. I know they play in the Big 12. Right. So you have to put them in the Big 12. A lot more success, though, than I Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yes, without a doubt. Now, a lot of that was in the Big East Mm -hmm. and different coaches. That's why I say they don't fit in the Big 12. They don't. But I think a better basketball job. Middle of the tier. Middle tier of the Big 12. We Uh, argue semantics a little bit here. Great fan base. Three to six? Sure. Okay. I I think we can agree on that. I'd be more five to six, but we can agree. It's not TCU. No. It's not Kansas State. No. That has had heights themselves, no. but look what Drew is doing at Baylor. Yeah. You got to find the right guy. Uh-huh. It's as simple as that. You have to find the right guy. They found the right guy, but unfortunately for them, he had an NBA itch he wanted to scratch. Right. And he did. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work out. Now he's back in the college game. And not going real well. No, it's not. It really isn't. Although... Was it you that mentioned his recruiting class coming in next year? Yeah, top. it's a top 20 class. But for Nebraska? For Nebraska, yeah. Right. Yeah. When's the last time they had a class uh-huh. like that? Not very often. It'll be... All right. So you go down this road. We're going to have somebody that's going to open our eyes here over the next week, right? By Name-wise, you mean? It'll be a mid-major coach, and everybody will want him. Yeah. Because that was not Steve Prohm. No. First of all... This was not a job that was open in March, which is was, a huge was, difference. It's late. You're right. That's when Hoiberg decided mm-hmm. to go with the NBA. That changed the perception. I think maybe the team, the people that were interested in the job changed because of I that. I agree. Let me stop you for a second and, and guess your take on this. It's Thursday. Mm-hmm. If Pollard waits until Monday or Tuesday, does that hurt his... He's got to know. You know what? No, it doesn't because there's 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 conversations taking being taking place behind the scenes with oh, yeah. agents. It's not like he's going to get home on Tuesday, roll up his sleeves, oh, well, it's time to find the next call. He's doing that already. So it, yes. it doesn't matter if it's Thursday or or if it's Tuesday. So go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Well, it, there'll be that whoever it is, mm-hmm. some 14 seed that pulls State's it up. head coach. Yes, yeah, there it is. All right. This is a new flavor. And you know what? He has a connection yeah. to Iowa or the Midwest or, or something. Well, he's on Leonard Hamilton's staff at Florida State. Yeah. That's his calling card. So, oh, look, this this mid-major go. You know, he lived in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And look at all the Milwaukee. Remember Iowa State a couple years ago, all those Milwaukee guys? It'll be something like that. Yeah. And people, so you got that path. There is a mid-major coach in 
I don't want to go there. There's retreads. There's going down the route yeah. of the Thad Mata's that we've talked about, John Beeline, mm-hmm. the older coaches, though. And then there's the younger NBA head coaches that have recent experience. Yeah, that are didn't exactly uh, get the fan base to pop with that one with Ryan Saunders. Trent, I didn't have one person agree with me. <laughs> Not one. Zero. Zero. Not a single one. My t- my timeline on Twitter exploded, and not one said, you know what, Ken? It's a really good idea. I get where you're coming from here. It's You said it's out of the box. It is. I could see that happening. Not one. Not one. You know what? You may, you miss 100, 1, 100% of your shots you don't take. The greatest hockey player of all time said that. Wade Gretzky. Uh, right. So, <laughs> but... I don't know if there's any... Otzelberger is the name that seems... To... I was listening last night to Doug Kazarian, who we've had on before. Yep. He runs the uh, the gambling show on ESPN. If five, does... 5 o'clock or 5.30? Uh, I or think is, it changes. Or is that a different one? No, the no. The one from Vegas? Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 I know who you mean. Um, but he had a guest on his podcast yesterday who is college basketball guy. That was a beat writer in the Mountain West and UNLV for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about T.J. Otzelberger. And they were talking about the Mountain West Conference Tournament. He said, it's not close. He is the worst X's and O's coach he has seen in the Mountain West in the last five years. Really? I, my jaw hit the... And who was this who was talking... Former beat writer in the Mountain West and now a professional not, gambler. Okay, it's not Matt Yeomans, is no, it? No, it was not Yeomans. Well, because Yeomans was maybe on the it was UNLV. He, when I was in Vegas, Yeomans was the beat writer for the... What's the paper out there? A review journal? Yes. Courier? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. LVRJ. Uh, let me find it here. All right, champ. Yeah, it was Matt Yeomans. There you go. And Yeomans said... And he he was he, he was he Randy said, Peterson. Yes. And he said Otzelberger is the worst X's and O's oh. coach he's seen in the last five years. Then uh, Kazarian brought up, should or Iowa State, you know, there's a lot of buzz that Iowa State... Was, and he said, UNLV should bring the moving trucks to his house and help him move. <laughs> That's what he really? thinks of... This is one guy's opinion, again. But it's somebody's opinion Trent, that he was is on, respected in the college game. With, without a doubt. Now he does Vissen. Mm-hmm. He's part of the Vissen yes. uh, radio team. He covered UNLV for the longest time and left, UN, uh, and left the Review Journal when Vissen started up. So it's not like this is a, a fringe guy around the program. For When he said that, that gets your attention. And it did. Yeah. And it, he went further with it. So... I found that one very interesting. Mm-hmm. And you know what? When you, when, you, when you see Iowa State fans on, on Twitter talking about TJ, they're divided. Yes, Some absolutely. of them want him to come mm-hmm. back. There's a lot of them that have had enough of TJ Otzelberger. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Apparently, this is his dream job. This is where he wants to be. Right. I mean, his wife played for Fenley. Um, TJ has a lot of friends here. We'll see. All right, we're going to hear from uh, Chris Shipley. We've got to do something here with uh, with a friend of mine, Chris Shipley. Um, Trent and I, with our relationship through Nick Mick, we um, we help local events, local charities. That's what we're tasked to do. Uh, we're going to devote a lot of our airtime this summer to the farmers markets, which we did last year, but we're going to do it again this year because I mean, farmers markets last year were crushed, right? By uh, the time summer rolls around, hopefully. The public is back on the streets and we are, you know, we're starting to get back to our normal lives. But we also promised Chris, um, uh, with the, in conjunction with the Norwalk Knights of Columbus, that we would promote their fish fry. And in fact, Chris came in. Do you remember this trend? I came remember in it well. And actually cut the commercial. Uh-huh. And we either just started playing it when the world stopped or 
Anyways, um, we're going to make this right with my friend Chris Shipley with the Knights of Columbus in Norwalk. They don't have their fish fry this year. I'm assuming they hope that it gets back to normal next year. Uh, But they are still working hard trying to uh, uh, raise money for the Knights of Columbus Scholarship Fundraiser. Most years in the month of March, it's the fish fry. This year, it's online only. It's an auction. And Chris joins us. Give him a little publicity here regarding this event, an event that closes tomorrow. Hello, Chris Shipley. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing well. So, um, you know, as we promised, we promised you uh, airtime to promote your fish fry. Hopefully one year it'll be back and we're still able to do that next year. But this year, uh, in uh, in its absence, you guys have put a uh, an auction, a silent auction. I guess all online auctions are silent, Ken. Uh, but tell us some of the, uh, some of the uh, uh, items that are up for bid and where we can find this, Chris, as I know it comes to an end tomorrow. Yeah. So actually what we're doing is, is it's a college fundraiser, uh, for scholarships. Uh, we give away $1,000 college scholarships to kids in the local community area, uh, based off of financial need and, and, uh, community service. So, uh, we do it every year, um, in a big dinner and dance and auction, but obviously we couldn't do that this year. So, uh, we're doing an online auction. We have 34 items. Uh, you can view the auction at 32auctions.com forward slash Knights Norwalk 7556. And there's quite a bit of stuff there that uh, has some high retail value that the opening bids and the, and the bids that are on it are even half of what the retail value is. So if you're looking mm-hmm. for a really good deal on some stuff, you can find some good stuff. There's actually uh, some um, DeWalt job site bluetooth speakers out there there's a really nice uh drill press it's a nova viking i mean i i don't know what it is it looks pretty fancy it sells for a thousand dollars i think the bid right now is at 350 wow there's a lot of good opportunities there and uh, all of that money is going to go right back to the college scholarship fund and you know ken we are actually doing fish fries but we're doing a drive-through are you so uh yeah we (laughs) We've uh, finagled a drive-through, so it takes probably two or three minutes to get your food. It's a free will donation, so you can just drive up to St. John's Catholic Church in Norwalk. That's at 720 Orchard Drive. You just pull in, follow the sign. Uh, one of us will collect your money. You tell us how many meals you want. You get uh, two pieces of fish, a baked potato, cold slaw, and... Um, We'll send you on your way, and you don't even have to get out of your car. We'll have the Knights bring it right out to your car, and we have Boy Scouts there that are selling desserts. They'll give you some desserts as well, and, and all of that money goes back to the Boy Scouts as well that, for their desserts. And So it, we've been doing it for the last three weeks uh, on Fridays during Lent, and it's been pretty well. So, But this auction closes actually Saturday. Uh, we're at about 86% of our goal that we're trying to raise, so I would love to see people go out and uh, – and take a look and, and make a bid. Well, for those folks driving, Trent, I'm going to mm-hmm. retweet it from my account. Okay. Uh, I'm Ken Miller. Maybe we can do the same from uh, uh, from uh, the Miller and Condon yep. show account. I just retweeted uh, your uh, from yours, uh, Chris Shipley, side grad, side dad. Go ahead, Trent. Well, so uh, talk about some of these items on this silent auction. It's always interesting to dive a little bit deeper and see some of the cool things that seemingly always come up. What are some of Lots the of sports stuff? Yeah. What's some of the yeah. items that you're seeing? So it's been pretty nice. We've had a lot of uh, local businesses and, and, and places like that donate. Uh, Coca-Cola uh, here just north of Norwalk donated a suite for an Iowa Wild game. 
So 12 people in a suite with all the drinks for Coca-Cola and for parking passes are available out there for an evening, a Friday evening in April for a game. There's, uh, I've got a digitally signed Green Bay Packers 2020 football that's out there with all of it. It's got Alan Lazard's signature on it. Uh, me being a Bears fan, I'm not super excited about that, but I understand <laughs> there are a few Packers fans out there. Uh, I'm too busy, you know, refreshing Twitter to see when Russell Wilson gets <laughs> traded to the Bears to, uh, to do that. Uh, we've got a Minnesota Vikings uh, signed football. I think one of the coolest things is is uh, somebody here local had a signed Luke Wrecker Iowa basketball jersey that he wanted to give us, and he tweeted that out to me. And then Luke Wrecker himself tweeted to me and said, hey, I'd be happy to contribute. He signed a basketball wow. and sent it to me. So that whole thing, if you got a man cave and you want some Iowa stuff, there's a nice Tyler Sash lithograph in there and a stone uh, with an Iowa Hawkeye logo on it. Um, and then, you know, we've got a lot of tools, too. So uh, a Makita brushless cordless two-piece two combo kit that's right now the bid is less than half of what it retails for. Uh, there's a casino night at Lakeside Casino. You can go down and, and have dinner and spend an evening in, at the casino and, and at the hotel. And a lot of dining packages, too, of just uh, businesses that gave us a gift card here and there that we kind of bundled together and uh, and give you a couple nights out and things like that. So it's been overwhelming, the support that we've had from the community. Well, that's really great. Uh, so what time tomorrow, Chris, does the auction come to an end? It's actually going to end on Saturday okay. at 8 o'clock p.m., uh, and there is extended bidding. So if the bidding starts to go on, the, the system will automatically open up and stay open for 30 more minutes if you want to get a last-minute bid in. Uh, but again, uh, that's at 32auctions.com forward slash night, Norwalk 7556. Good stuff. Well, we have retweeted it uh, for those folks who are in their cars driving. If you want to take a look at that, it's for a great cause. Knights of Columbus in Norwalk. Fish fry is going on. Uh, Chris, uh, best of luck to you. Uh, thanks to you and your partner, Tim Johnson. Uh, your your, uh, your podcast partner, Tim Johnson, had uh, we did a podcast, what, three weeks ago or whatever it was, for yeah. the Tailgate Society. Um, first one I've ever done, and I appreciate you <laughs> yeah, reaching out to me. It was... Um, uh, you, you know how I feel about you, pal. Um, it was, it was, um, I'm, I'm glad I did it. Hey, buddy, uh, good luck to you in this. Uh, we will, uh, if you, if you need any, uh, more support, uh, you know how to reach me. Okay. Will do. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Yep. You do the same. Chris Shipley, uh, with Knights of Columbus in Norwalk. A lot of cool stuff in there. There is, yeah. right? A lot of sports stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot, uh, as, he, as Chris said, a lot of tools, etc. We are late. Dave Sproul coming up next. We will uh, pick Dave's uh, brain on high school basketball. Now, Ames gets Waukee. Yep. Semifinals tonight, 8 o'clock. Tip for that one. Number two seed Waukee. Number three seed Ames. You see what Waukee did yesterday? Oh, I saw it. Jesus. PB likes to slow things down. Oof. Hard to slow things down when you're down 30. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Dave Sproul coming up, and then we're going to get Todd Stepsis in here, head coach Drake Football. Their home season, think about this, starts this Saturday. Love it. Yeah, it's Spring be football fun. is taking a different meaning this it year. It absolutely is. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. 1460 KXNO, 106.3. FM Todd Steps is Drake head basketball uh, basketball it's basketball season it is but, but we got football. football and Coach Steps will join us we'll preview 
uh, what they've got coming up this season. Uh, in about 15 minutes or less than that, actually, uh, then uh, Tom Kakert on Iowa as he makes his way to Indy, I'm assuming. Right now, Dave Sproul, uh from KASI. Dave, Trent, and Ken, let's start uh, high school basketball-wise. You were in the well yesterday. Ames marches on. Ames Waukee tonight. Good game? What do you anticipate? Two versus three. Yeah, I'm anticipating a pretty good game. I mean, Ames is playing as well as a, a team I've seen Ames from Ames in, in some years now, and I, I think they're really rolling. And I was actually a little bit surprised by the margin of victory against Council Boss Abraham Lincoln yesterday, considering that they were without Travion LeBeau, who's probably their second-best player, really versatile athletic player, who uh, is a good rebounder. He can score a little bit and. I'm not sure uh, why the coach did not disclose why uh, LeBeau was not available yesterday, and I don't know his status for tonight's game. But if he's available, that could take this game to another level in just in terms of the overall athletic matchup between these two teams that have a, a lot of talent. So I'm really looking forward to tonight's game. So this Ames team, there were expectations a little bit, but we weren't sure Lipsy. We saw him on the football field, but just on the hardwood, what he was going to be this year. Certainly have exceeded expectations. What about the community? In such a weird year, we've seen Ames. They have these po- pockets of success and the jump up. How's the community been in a smaller community than we have here in Des Moines? Have they jumped aboard with this basketball team? Yeah, was, there's certainly a lot of pride and support for the high school programs here in Ames. Uh, it's, and it has been a little bit different. So I had, you know, Obviously, it's not the same kind of vibe you had back 10 years ago when it was uh, Doug McDermott and, and Harrison Barnes and the, every gym they played in was just packed to the rafters. And, uh, that probably wouldn't be the case even if uh, there weren't a pandemic uh, because, uh, you know, it's, it's just a whole different uh, phenomenon. But I'm, I'm sure there would be uh, plenty of people out to watch uh, Lipsy and, and this crew that has uh, some real talent. Uh, but uh, I do get the sense, kind of just from social media and interacting with some parents that, that I see at the gym from time to time, that uh, there are some folks who are pretty excited for this team. And I'm sure there's going to be a pretty full uh, student bus uh, making its way <laughs> down there uh, to the well. They, they turned out in big numbers yesterday. So there's going to be a lot of noise, I think, in that arena, just with the two student sections being so close and making a short trip down there. What uh, Speaking of Taman Lipsy, he was a top 50 player nationally early in his career before the injuries uh, kind of derailed that back healthy what are you hearing on the recruiting front? Iowa State offer, but we'll see who the new coach is going to be there. Minnesota offer, we'll see who the new coach is going to be. Nebraska, Hoiberg's over there. But what else? Have you heard much at all about recruiting? And got to assume this is going to be an important spring and summer for him. Yeah, I think the AAU circuit will be huge for him, especially if by that point uh, coaches are allowed to recruit in person again. That's, I think, the biggest thing holding back his recruiting and the level of interest. I'm sure a lot of programs are keeping an eye on him and watching from afar and keeping tabs. But, you know, when you're coming off the kind of injury he had and missing a whole season, I'm sure a lot of programs, a lot of coaches would love to see him in person just to make sure with their own eyes that they like what they see and that he's, you know, fully healthy. Now, to me, to my eyes, he looks fully healthy and he's uh, even more explosive and athletic I think than he was a couple years ago because you know he put in the work to get back to 100% as well as you know a couple of years of uh, a teenager growing up physically just you know makes for some big time changes in terms of the physical body so uh, I, I, I see a pretty complete ball player and a guy I think deserving of a high ranking in terms of uh, his class uh, recruiting wise but until more programs nationally in, in the college basketball world can really just get their own eyes on him and see him in person uh, I think uh, you know we won't see a lot of our uh, offers 
for him until that actually happens. Well, let's go to Iowa State's basketball program. Dave, uh, Solomon Young, let's start there. Uh, his career comes to an end last night. You know, fought as you-know-what off, uh, going up uh, offensive rebound one after another in that first 20 minutes. I thought that he was absolutely engaged and active and uh, knowing that the uh, sense of urgency, perhaps, that that might be the final time he takes the floor as a cyclone, and he played like it was. How will you remember Solomon Young's career? I think in my mind, he might go down as one of the toughest guys I've ever seen play for Iowa State, not just from a physical standpoint and his willingness uh, to, you know, get in there and mix it up in the low post with guys, but just the, the road he had to travel to get back. I mean, there was there were concerns when he had surgery a couple years ago that he might not be able to play again at all. Uh, I don't know if those were that was a significant chance, but it was, it was a concern. Uh, but he went through the surgery, he went through the rehab and everything he had to do to get back on the court for Iowa State, and He's a kind of a quiet personality to begin with, but you never heard anything out of him about mm-hmm. you know complaining about how you know the season was going bad the last couple of years or what was going on in the locker room or anything like that. He just got this focus on the court, and uh, he's also very uh, passionate about cooking. I remember talking to him a couple of years seasons ago on Media Day. He had established his own Instagram account dedicated just to show off his cooking skills, and apparently that's something he wants to do for a living is be a chef uh, down the road and. I have no doubt. If he puts the work into that as he's put in at Iowa State, uh, I'll eat at his restaurant anytime. <laughs> We're talking right now with Dave Sproul, KASI, up in Ames. You can hear the Ames Little Cyclones broadcast this evening as he'll have the call at 8 o'clock against Waukee. And, of course, Iowa State hoops up there as well. Dave, I want to uh, go to a question that feels like a foregone conclusion, but we saw last night the quotes from... Coach Prome saying, I'm speaking with Coach uh, with J.B. Pollard next week. It feels inevitable that he's going to be fired. Is there any chance at all? Do you see any inkling that he would get another year and come back for 2021-22? I, I, um, I'm the never-say-never kind of guy, but it just seems like it's really, really a slim chance that that will happen. And, you know, something to think about, too, is if you don't, have the donor stepping up, but I can't imagine that Iowa State would lack a donor stepping up at this point to, you know, make a change. Uh, that $5 million buyout is not something you have to pay all at once necessarily. I don't know if that's necessarily what's in the contract, but they could maybe negotiate a settlement to maybe reduce that amount a little bit and you can walk away resigning and move on to the next job opportunity, or they can spread those payments out even through the course of several months, even years. Uh, to kind of reduce the hit that that's going to take on the the athletic department's uh, budget deficit that they're dealing with. Uh, So it's not necessarily like that $5 million is going to be this huge barrier to making that uh, move. But that's the only thing I can imagine that would be uh, justification for uh, bringing Chrome back for another year. It's just you're not getting enough donors to step up and say, help us offset this cost and, and bring in a new coach and get some new life into this program. Dave Sproul, KASI. Dave, we are short on time. We appreciate uh, your contribution. We'll hear you tonight. Uh, 1430 has the call. Ames, Little Cyclones, and Waukee. 8 o'clock tip for that one. Uh, thank you, Dave. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. I appreciate the time with you guys. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you. Dave Sproul. Uh, K-A-S-I. All right, we're going to talk a little football. We promised Drake we would if they played because at the time 
Wasn't seemingly like that was a <laughs> foregone conclusion. They are. Their season starts. Their home season. There are. They've already played a game. Uh, their home season starts this weekend. Let's talk a little college football, shall we? The head coach of Drake, Todd Steffs, is next. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. 11th through the 13th for the boys. KX and all 106.3 on the FM dial. Great football home season Saturday. Pioneer League play. Uh, MC22, if you can't make it out to the game, and if you are a Mediacom subscriber, all of Drake Football's home games will be shown on MC22. The head coach of those Bulldogs is Todd Stepsis, uh, and he joins us. Uh, coach Trent Condon, my name is Ken Miller. Thanks for coming on, Coach. How are you? Hey, I'm, I'm great. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, caught your show a couple times uh you know really enjoy it and i'm doing well you know 10 52 a.m on a thursday we are still playing on saturday nice and that's kind of how you have to talk right you know in these times where you live by the moment and uh yeah as of right now man we're, we're ready to roll good stuff you know i want to go back to the fall it wasn't the uh time you want to remember i'm assuming when when it shut down early august if memory serves um, how, I mean, what was the likelihood? I know there was talk right away. We're going to try and do something in the spring. Did that seem like a, a long way off once you got that news that football in the fall was going to be canceled? Yeah, I, to be honest with you, I, I wasn't very optimistic about playing in the spring at that point in time. And if you know me, that, that isn't like me, you know, I, I'm, I'm a glasses half full kind of guy. I'm an optimist and um, well, when they said, hey, we're going to try to do this in the spring, in my mind, a bunch of things kind of went through. Number one, we're in the Midwest and uh, right. playing games in February and March you know, doesn't doesn't really jive, especially when you're outside. So I was thinking of the logistics of that. And then, you know, you know, having every single fall sport team playing in the spring, in addition to all of our winter sports playing, it's just like, wow, that's going to be a, a big challenge for everybody involved within our department. So I wasn't optimistic, but I, you know, I, that we were entertaining the thought and that it was at least on the table, you know, that, that gave us, uh, you know, some hope for doing something down the road. So it's San Diego coming in. Good program. They've made the FCS playoffs before. Of course, Harbaugh was there before uh, he made the bounce up. So very good program in your league, the Pioneer League. So starting with that being your home opener, just the difficulty of that. And that one you probably like to have towards the back end of your schedule. Yeah. You know, um, that's the different thing, uh, you know, one of the many different things. But usually we'll have three non-conference games and then get into our league play. And so, you know, to start off with, uh, you know, your league play right from the get-go, um, it's it's just it is a little bit of a challenge because you don't really know who it's going to be. You know what they're going to do. You know, that's I guess the the plus is it's a familiar opponent, so. You know, since I've been here in 2014, they haven't changed a ton from a structure standpoint, offensively, defensively, special teams. So you know what they're going to do, but then who's going to be doing it for them? You're, you're pretty, you're pretty kind of up in the air. You know, you have a two deep and you recognize some names from the two deep and from, from our game in 2019 against them. But mm. yeah, you know, that, that first snap, you know, where, you know, who's, who's going to be carrying the ball? Who's going to be throwing the ball? You know, who's going to be, you know, lining up as a three tech. I mean, all, you know, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, you just don't know. So, um, you know, you, just, you do your best and you focus on yourself. And 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 that's been, uh, you know, our our main message to our team is, you know, do what we do and and concentrate on how we do it. And on Saturday, we'll just we'll 
we'll lean on that and hopefully have a good go at it. You know, I I can just imagine the kids when they finally got back onto campus and then started practice again. Um, logistically, since we're, we've used that word a couple of times, but you, I mean, the kids were all sent home, right? And then you've got the, the the Christmas break and school doesn't start. So you, how much time have you had in preparation for this season? And I'm assuming the kids weren't around in Des Moines that you were able to work with them in the weeks leading you know, through December and up to the season, or were you? Yeah, you know that's uh, yeah we we were um, from Thanksgiving until they came back. We were in a virtual setting, and right. so that's something that we got pretty good at uh, starting in you know about two about a year from now. So we got pretty good at using technology and keeping the guys engaged and, and being able to at least communicate and talk football with them, talk life with them. And then, um, you know, we've, we've had six weeks of preparation in person. And so, um, you know, that started off with a kind of an acclimatization period where, uh, you know, we did a lot of 11 on 11 jog throughs where, you know, we're getting lined up. We're, you know, going over our assignments. We're trying to, to figure out, uh, you know, do we know what we're doing? And then, um, you know, after those couple weeks, you know, we put the pads on and start teaching them how to do it. And so the six weeks has been a great uh, time for us. You know, we've, we've made a lot of strides. We've covered a lot of ground. Um, but, you know, if you think about what it normally is like, it's, it definitely was a disadvantage because if you think about it, usually – June and July are big training months sure. for our guys and they're on campus and they're with our strength staff and they're, you know, they're running and they're lifting four or five times a week. And so, you know, that should have been December and January and they were by themselves. And so and we, we've kept that in mind. And, and when we came back those first couple of weeks, we wanted to try to get them with our strength staff as much as we possibly could try to get them running as much as we could, because, you know, football players are meatheads. You know, they're, they're going to be able to get in the weight room and they're, they're, they're going to want to lift weights and, mm-hmm. and throw weight around, but, um, they're, they're not necessarily ones to, to get out and run. And, uh, especially, you know, in November, December, there's not a whole lot of places to run. So, um, you know, we took those couple weeks there before we put the pads on to, to try to get them back into somewhat of a playing shape. And then, yeah, I've, I've been, Treat it kind of like a, a training camp um, up until this past week, uh, just like we would if it was August. Coach, uh, looking forward to the end of this sprint of a season, does the Pioneer League, I know in a normal season, they do now have an automatic bid to the FCS playoffs. It's condensed down to 16. Will the Pioneer League still have its champion sent to the playoffs? They will. Good. That's so, awesome. Um, Good. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's really exciting. You know that that was one of the changes the the Pioneer League made, I think, in 2013, and it, it does uh, it adds an extra layer of motivation there you know, to be able to you know to win your league and then to play the best of the best. And you know we've you know this year we don't play any non-conference uh, opponents, but you know every year you know in the fall we do, and and because of our geographical location, we we play the best FCS teams in the country. I mean, you know we're we're playing the South Dakota states and the South Dakotas and the North Dakota states, um, you know, non-conference. So, you know, it, it, it's fun to be able to to play those guys to see that level of play, that high level of play, and then um, work towards competing against uh, a tournament and a pool of, of those types of guys. So, yep. 
Good stuff. Three home games this uh, Saturday starts it, and then we've got a couple more in April. Valpo comes in on April the 3rd, and the 17th will be the final one, Presbyterian. Uh, Coach, uh, best of luck. Um, Glad you guys are getting that opportunity for the kids as much as anything. Coaching staff, too, but the kids hate to lose out that opportunity, especially the seniors, and glad that they won't. Best of luck, Coach Stepsis. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Good dogs. Good to talk to you, Coach Todd Stepsis, the head coach Drake football. Again, 1 o'clock, nap. No, wait, I don't know. Do they have fans? Sure they would. Oh, Basketball yeah. did. Yeah. It's outdoors, for crying out loud. Tom Kakert on the Hawkeyes. Kicks off hour number two, Miller and Condon, till noon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.